the Holy Gospel, according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Are there any children that would like a children's sermon? All right, I'm going to ask you to stay in the balcony, but just come forward, okay? Good morning. How are you? Okay. It's kind of fun being in a different place, isn't it? Yeah. Have you ever been told something, but you didn't believe it at first? Yeah? Yeah? Does anybody want to share? It's okay if you don't. It's okay if you do. All right. Can I tell you about a time <laughs> that someone was told something, and they didn't quite believe it at first? So this is a story of when my wife, Kristen, first figured out, and I confess this to you, my brothers and sisters, that I am very terrible at swimming. Did you know that? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't swim a lot as a kid. I'm very, very bad at it. In fact, I'd say I'm not capable of swimming very far at all. So, I had told Kristen this several times in the time when we were dating. Then we got married, and eventually we went on our honeymoon, and we went to a pool, and Kristen's like, hey, I think I'm going to swim from one side to the other. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> it's because I can't swim. And Kristen's like, I think you can swim. Let me tr see you try to swim. So in a space where I could stand up the whole time, I tried my best to swim short ways across the pool. You know what I'm saying? And I struggled with all my might, and I did make it there, 
very proudly at 20-some years old saying, I did not touch the floor of the pool once. And then Kristen turned to me and said, you really can't swim. <laughs> she had been told several times, but she needed to see it in order to believe it. This story today, the story about Thomas not believing until he sees, it's, it's a story that's about all of us. And there's this little thing at the end that says, blessed are those who believe without seeing. But that doesn't mean that you're no good if you can't believe without seeing. That doesn't mean that you're no good if, if you don't believe everything right off the bat. In fact, that's pretty much all of us. Because I want to confess something to you too. There's a lot of things that we learn in church that are just hard to believe. It's hard to believe that someone who is dead is alive again. And it's hard to believe that there's love for everyone in the world, especially the ones that I don't love. And it's hard to believe that God loves me more than anything I do wrong. It's hard to believe that God can be doing something good when all the world seems so yucky. It's hard to believe a lot of things. But this story is about God coming to us again and again and again, especially when we don't believe. Precisely because we don't believe to help us. So if there's anything in church or in the world <coughs> that you have a hard time believing, know that God is with you. That God will always keep coming to wherever you are to try to help you believe. There's not a person in this room that believes everything. We all have struggles with some of it. It's okay if you do too. There is blessing for you, and there is mercy for you, and there's peace for you. God still loves you. God always loves you, even when you have a hard time believing. Does that make sense? All right. Should we say a prayer? Let us pray. God, we're very thankful. We're very thankful for the way that you love us, no matter what. In the times in our lives when it's hard to believe that you love us or that you care for us, be even closer to us. Show up day after day, week after week, and be with us. Help us to believe in the good things that you bring. Help us to believe in your grace and your mercy and your love for us and for all people. Help us to believe. And when we don't, help us to be gentle with ourselves. For you love us always. Help us to remember that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm not going to throw snacks at you. <laughs> but you can go back to your seats if you'd like. Or you can stay there, whatever you want. In the name of Jesus, amen. I do believe that this story is not about doubt by itself or belief by itself. I believe this story is about the way that all of them are mixed together in a life of faith. 
and that God expects both. God already knows both. And God does not condemn either. But I've not always believed that about this text. I've not always thought that about this text. I think my confusion and my fear and my trembling happen towards the end of this text. I mean, we we all kind of know the gist of the story, right? There's the disciples gathered in the room without Thomas. Jesus appears, says, peace be with you twice, gives them the power of forgiving or relinquishing or letting go sins, whatever word you want to put there. Thomas comes back after Jesus is gone. They say, hey, we've seen the Lord. Thomas says, I haven't. (laughs) And I have a hard time believing without that. And so the next week, they're all gathered there again. Thomas is with them. Jesus comes again, says, peace be with you once again. Thomas has the greatest theological proclamation, the highest Christology, the, the most strong opinion of Christ that we have seen in Scripture, my Lord and my God. And there's the line. There comes the line. Have you believed because you have seen? Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Now, this is a blessing, and this is good, but over the course of time, I've heard it preached, and I've changed it in my head, where it comes out something else. It comes out a little more like, you should believe without seeing. Now, that's not the same thing. Blessed are those who see with, believe without seeing is different from, you should believe without seeing. I've made it into a work. I've made it into a command. I've made it into something that's expected of me. But that's not what that is. This is a blessing. This is recognizing the wonderful, glorious gift that it is when someone is able to believe without seeing. And that's all it is. This is not further condemnation on someone who cannot believe without seeing. This isn't condemnation on Thomas. This isn't condemnation on anyone else. This isn't condemnation on the ones who were outside that room who didn't believe. This isn't condemnation on anything. Because in all of Scripture, whenever Jesus wants to say woe, whenever Jesus wants to say condemnation, Jesus does. Jesus isn't shy. Jesus knows where it goes. But also... Wherever Jesus does not want to put condemnation, Jesus does not. And there's no condemnation here. And so in the same way that I learned as a young child not to complete my mother's sentences for her, we should also not complete Jesus' sentence for him. Jesus said, blessed, and that's it. And that changes this greatly, doesn't it? Blessed is the one who is able to believe without seeing. And that's it. That's it. I believe that this story is a moment of blessing and a moment of what God does for the unbelieving. And that's it. 
I believe that this is a story without condemnation. And that's it. I believe that God can give blessing without passive-aggressively meaning condemnation for someone else. Here, I'll give you an example. Michael, you lit the candles today. I'm so pleased with that, I'm going to give you a pie. Now, this is hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, this is blueberry pie. I'm going to give Chris some... that's, that's a less selfless act when I have someone else make it, but yeah. Now, does that mean I'm mad with all of you? because I gave Michael a pie? No. It's just a pie. It's just nice towards Michael. And that's okay. Because God can give blessing without God meaning cursed are the rest of you. God can give blessing without meaning the rest of you are ruined or the rest of you are wrong or the rest of you are terrible. God can give blessing without anything else. And I believe that's what God's doing there. That's what God is doing there. Blessed are the ones who see without believing. What a truly glorious and wonderful moment. And that's it. Which leaves us free to understand what God does with the unbeliever. It leaves us free to understand what God does with the doubter. It leaves us free to understand the grace that's here. Because on the first Sunday of Easter, the disciples were told a story, and some of them believed and some of them didn't. And then on the second Sunday of Easter, Jesus appeared and said, Peace be with you. And the ones that were there believed, but the ones who weren't there didn't. And so on the third Sunday of Easter, oh well, no, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. First Sunday of Easter was the first one. Second Sunday of Easter, Michael is counting. You get another pie. <laughs> <laughs> on the second Sunday of Easter, Thomas was there, and they believed, but not the ones outside the room. On the third Sunday of Easter, they'll go outside of the room. On the fourth Sunday of Easter, they'll go outside the room again. And every Sunday since Easter, God has appeared in a room. Every Sunday since Easter, God's appeared in a room where there are believers and unbelievers, and most of them kind of half and half. And every Sunday since Easter, God has appeared to say, peace be with you, and to proclaim, in the simplest of terms, we have seen the Lord, and the Lord is risen. And every Sunday since Easter, some have believed and some haven't. And God has not stopped this practice. Every Sunday since Easter, congratulations on being here on the anniversary, I don't know, the millionth anniversary of this happening. And every Sunday since Easter, there has been no condemnation when you have not been able to believe. And every Sunday since Easter, there has been a willingness for God to show up again, to try again, to help you believe. And every Sunday since Easter, the message has been the same. Peace be with you. Receive the Holy Spirit. I give these things freely. And so hear the grace. Hear the grace on this Sunday after Easter, and on every Sunday after Easter, if you show up here or anywhere else, or if you don't show up at all. 
If you're able to believe these things, blessed are you and glorious is that moment. If you're not able to believe these things, there is no condemnation. And no matter what, God will show up again next Sunday for you and for me so that once again we can try to believe. Once again, we can try to hear these things, try to understand. So, if in your hearts you hold doubt, if in your hearts you hold people who hold doubt, if in your hearts you hold communities and nations or anybody else that holds doubt, if in your hearts there is anything troubling you at all when it comes to this belief, peace be with you. We'll try again next week, and we'll try again the week after, and we will try again from here to eternity. For that is Christ's pattern. Peace be with you. Amen.